0: continue our conversations at the end of the service. Uh, We're going to just just acknowledge uh, a group of people before we um, jump into the sermon, and I just want to acknowledge those who had anything to do with um, serving yesterday um, as we did the back-to-school blast. Um, if you came for any portion of that, if you served in any way, could, would you just please uh, stand so that we can just acknowledge you? Um, if there's anyone here, and I know there are people here, but I don't know where they, they could be out there. Hey, Thank you. Thank you very much for all you did. Um, obviously, for, for an event like that, there were many hands that were needed to uh, do the work. And so thank you, because they, they volunteered. They, they, they didn't get paid to be there. So thank you very much for investing your, your sweat um, and your time uh, to be with us. Um, I wanted to let, make others of us aware of another opportunity to serve, and that is with our, uh, our sound team. Um, we need folks to uh, help with that. And this is all you need. All you need to serve there is a willingness to serve. They can train. This is the commitment. We can train anyone up on how to do what we do. So they need three people. And if you are interested, would you please reach out to Billy Castillo, who I've not seen this morning, so I can't point out who he is. Who he is. Some people who know their life very well said, "Hey, they on vacation." Uh, so I'm glad they have enough people for that brother to go on vacation. Uh, Tolu, Ajay, Donnie, Joyner, would you please uh, just wave so people know who you are? You can see those two brothers, um, and they're saying thank you. thank you. And if you know Natalie Tomas, you can, you can ask, or you can let her know. So the f- folks you're letting know that you can serve on the sound team because you have a willingness to serve. Our Billy Castillo, who's currently in Puerto Vallada, right? Now. It's like, I don't know where he is, but he's on vacation right now. Uh, Tolu Ajay, Donnie Joyner, and Natalie Tomas. All right, so um, we're going to just go ahead and shift gears right quick. Um, we have been in a sermon series um, called What It Means to Be Grown. The reason why we're focusing on what it means to be grown is because as part of Solid Rock Church 3.0, um, our, one of our mottos is going to be be, own, be grown and owned. Um, and, um, and so we want to talk about what it means to be, what it means to be grown because being grown can be confused with many different components or elements of what it looks like for other people to be grown. And sometimes we can think that if we have that, then we're grown, but size doesn't make one grown, right? There are people in middle school who, who look grown, <laughs> right? So you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about, but they ain't grown, right? You talk, a few sentences come out of their mouth, you know, they no, they're not grown yet. Right? And that's no slight on them because we've all been there, right? <laughs> right? We've all been there, right? You know, my, 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 I remember I being, uh, I was probably in eighth grade when one of the big boys around my way, so he's probably like in his 20s, like, hey, what size shoe you wear? So I told him what size shoe I wear. See, I, see, I said it just so I could get, get some kind of response to somebody who don't know all of my story, right? So my story is, this is one of the big boys around my way. So if you know anything about hoods, the big boys around your way, they're not going to take your shoes. So it's like, yeah, my shoes are eight. And they're like, dang, shorty, your foot big. You know, that's, that's what they wanted to say, right? So I, I, I told them, right? So my foot was big, but my age, I was only 13 years old, right? You know. Um, and I was very skinny, which may be hard to imagine, but I was. If you, but if you saw that picture for that Karen posted uh, years ago, you saw that I was very skinny. No. So what it means to be grown can be elusive. It can be it can be unclear. Um, and yet it is something that if we're going to say make a statement like, um, be grown and own, we have to know what that looks like. We have to have some barometer for what that means for us spiritually and so that's what we've been attempting to do as we've looked at second Peter uh, chapter 1 verses 1 through 11 so in the in the first segment which was uh, verses 1 through 4 uh, we looked at how the one of the main things that's necessary to be grown is that we see ourselves as God sees us so when we talk about him being a good good father um, some of what we're doing as we sing some of the lyrics to that song, we're reminding ourselves of how God sees us. When we, when, we, when we sing Reckless Love, we're reminding ourselves of how God sees us, even before we surrender to him. So now in light that we've surrendered to him, that we've received a faith from him, the apostle Peter said it was a faith that was equal to the one they received. We have to embrace that if we ever expect to be grown. We can minimize, I don't know if you do this, but I know there are times when I can minimize myself. I minimize myself because I'm, I, I'm just like anybody else. I put my, I didn't just like think and get dressed this morning. That would have been like real cool. Boom, I wanna wear that, pop. wow. Right, no, 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 no. I had to figure out what I'm wearing, right? And then I had to iron something, because my wife ironed it for me. Thank you, wife. And... Uh, <laughs> Then I had to put it on, right? Then I had to decide, uh, do I want a belt or no belt? Um, I probably don't really want a belt, but it could be catastrophic if I needed a belt. So we're going to put a belt on, right? Okay. We can. So, I, so it wasn't just like I no, 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 I'm regular like anyone else. So with that, if you're just like everyone else, then you won't think of yourself in a special way. But you are special if you've received a faith that is equal to the apostle's faith. That that just is what it is. Not everyone has that, right? Not everyone has that. We see the ramifications, not only in how people drive. You know, I feel strongly about that, but also in 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 just in just 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 what uh, I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday, but a place that I frequent quite often um, experienced a a shooting and a fatal shooting at that, and the place was. Prince George's Plaza. Yes, again, again, right, again. And while it's while it's while it while it may be for for some it may be like well where that is is okay. You might have ways that you can like accept that. But to me that's unacceptable. Yeah. That is unacceptable that one human being would feel emboldened enough to shoot someone in the food court where there are a lot of eyes, and and that that just breaks my heart. Well, why do people do things like that? Well, they don't have that faith that we're talking about. And it's not just that place where those kinds of incidents can happen, but those can happen all over the place. So the the faith that we receive, while while we are familiar with it, we should not minimize the faith that we have. And I pray that by the end of, this message, if the first message didn't do it, I pray that this message would help us all to be able to uh, uh, value our faith for what it is and live in light of what that means. Okay, so then last week we looked at um, uh, verses 5 through 7, where we just talk, talked about the need to add. So, so one of the illustrations I used, and I'll use it again, is that this is the 50 and over Mike. But there have been other renditions of Mike, right? There was the 20-something Mike, where he got married. There was the teenage mic where it's like, hey, shorty, what size shoe you wear? And then there was the first day of kindergarten mic, right? And there was the infant mic. All of those were the same person, but something needed to be added from the time I came from my mother's womb to be where I am now, right? So something needed to be added. It's the same thing spiritually, and you will find that, we'll see that in verses 5 through 7, not because I'm going to preach it, but because we're going to read it. Actually, today we're going to be looking at what it means to own. And we're going to look at verses 8 through 11 to close out this series. We'll read it beginning in verse 1 right now, 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 1 is coming after I swallow. Verse 1, Simeon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory, by his own glory and goodness. By these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. So please note what he's saying about you. We're experiencing, uh, uh, we we, we partake of the divine nature because we have received a faith that is equal to the apostles. Verse 5. For this reason, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith, or some translations say add to your faith um, with goodness, uh, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing manner, you they will keep you, from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Will be richly provided for you. Father, we ask you that you would please be with us as we uh, listen to your word. We pray that you would please speak to us through your word. Thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you for the truth within your word, Lord. We pray that you would please, um, I pray, Lord, that you would please um, cause me to decrease and would you please increase and would you speak to your people in ways that's impossible for me to do, Lord. Um, I am not able to, just as was um, demonstrated, Lord, and not knowing where Billy was, Lord, I am not able to know everything that is going on in the lives of the people that are here uh, in, at Solid Rock Church in person or those who may be viewing live stream or those who will see uh, after this is posted, Lord. We ask you that you would speak, though, because you know how to speak to everyone who will hear? We ask four ears to hear your voice. We pray that it will be your voice that's heard most. We thank you for the privilege to hear your word and to understand some of it, Lord. We ask you that you would help us to apply that which we know, that we may grow and that we may own that which you give us to do. Father, we ask you this in Jesus' name, and we thank you. Amen. So we're particularly going to be looking at uh, verses 8 through 11, which say, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, uh, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful. The reason that we have to own Our faith and the reason that we have to continue to own our faith um, is because it is possible to be useless and unfruitful even as a believer in Christ. And it is our, when I say our, I'm speaking about Pastor Kurt and myself, it is our desire that that would not be the case with any of us at Solid Rock Church. We want us to be the most useful, and we want to be the most fruitful that we can be. We want to provoke each other in that way. And so that is why I decided that we should just talk about what it means to be grown and owned, because we do not want Solid Rock Church to be guilty of being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want anyone to be blind or short-sighted as it relates to um, their cleansing from past sin. We want the, the reality of, of the one who has has come with reckless abandon for us, we want that to continue to inform how we develop. Again, if we're looking at it from infant Mike to 53-year-old Mike, things had to happen along the way, right? Um, we, we, we don't want, if I would had the same capacity mentally that I had when I was an infant, obviously I wouldn't be standing up here talking because I wouldn't be able to talk. But there there are some people who are like that in the natural, right? Spiritually, we don't want to be that way because we don't have to be that way. And that's what we want to talk about uh, this morning. So we'll get right to it. Well, we want to make sure that we are doing the most. So sometimes we use, you know, I haven't been in Parkdale because of the pandemic for a couple years, but I remember when I was there, I mean, it's a little played out now. People don't say it too much now, but um, but people used to really, really, really like to say, man, you're doing the most. Right? It just meant you were doing, like, too much, right? Right? So I want us to think about doing the most in a positive way and for the Lord because we only Travel this path one time. We, won't tra- we'll, we'll, we might travel this path another time when, we're, when everything's in review. Like, what did you do with what I gave you, right? That's, that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Because if we have a faith that is equal to that of the apostles, we have to think. We have to get to, like, what impact am I making in light of that faith? In light of that investment from God, so what does it mean to uh, to to own? We're assuming that we already know that grown means to um, have arrived to full growth and maturity, All right. So we'll we'll just assume that. And let me just say this about that: if we if we if we continue to think, the reason why I like to use um, examples of life is because like we we're, we're living life, regardless of who we are, we are living life, so we see it unfold. So, again, from infant to 53, there are different experiences that, that change who you are. Ask anyone who's gotten married. If you stay married, man, even if you don't, I think, it looks, it appears, um, that even if you don't stay married, that experience of having been married changes you a bit. You learn things about yourself that you didn't know. You learn, I'm not even going to, that's a whole nother sermon. God, I'm sorry, just ideas are coming, no, 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 don't do don't do it. But we have instances and experiences which shape how we process life. Marriage is one of them. Um, being single at a certain age, that's another one. Being a certain age is another one. Right? If you're if you're used to 16 year old Mike being able to like lounge around like I do sometimes now and just pop up and go play like uh, basketball all day long, like that's not happening now. (laughs) I'll go up and down the court one time and be gassed. I was talking about the moon bounce. I was telling people about the moon bounce. We used to have a picnic at the church uh, every uh, uh, celebration every year, and we would have the moon bounce. I remember my wife and one other woman that used to go to the church um, and. They jumped in there, they were having a good time for about two minutes. They just was like jumping up and down ah, and they like yelling like little girls. Ah, and then after like uh, the 30 seconds after like two and a half minutes, they was both just laid out like this in the moon bounce, right But their minds their minds thought they could they could get it in right And they did for a good two minutes. That's all they, that, they, that they could do. Well why is that? because things that had changed right So it might be, I'm not gonna say what changed. I don't want to get in trouble. See, I've been married long enough to know like some things changed that just made it so that um, they weren't the same as when they were 16. Now we'll just move on. Before, yeah. So we know what it means to to be to be grown. But I was what my my point where I was going with that was that even in being grown, there are experiences that th- there's still other growth to be had. There's still other changes that come. There's still different phases in life that you have to adjust to, which cause the need for growth to continue. And it may not look the same, but you, but you have uh, a different way of thinking and a different way of depending on God when things in your life change. So what does it mean to, to, to own? I mean, we all know what that means, but, you know, here we go. To own is to uh, have or hold as one's own, as their possession. So you might own a home. Uh, it is also to acknowledge or to admit, right? I own that I used to lean on my horn when people would cut me off. I own that, yes, I did do that. uh, It's to acknowledge or recognize as having full claim, authority, power, and dominion. That's the one that we want to understand for the purposes of being grown and owned. To acknowledge as one's own, recognizing as having full claim, authority, power, or dominion we do need to qualify ownership though because when we own things we usually feel like we can do whatever we want to do but scripture does not give us scripture doesn't support that <laughs> it supports your responsibility but it but but you are accountable as well not you me when I say you I'm talking me every time so if I keep saying you I'm thinking me as well. I'm accountable for the responsibility that I have. So 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You are not your own. Do you own your body? Or you own your body? But, but you are not your own. Galatians uh, 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the son of God who loved himself, who loved me, excuse me, and gave himself for me. So 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 now the life that I'm living as a believer is not just about me. It's not even primarily about me, according to this verse that Paul has it's the, his life is he no longer lives, but Christ lives through him. 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 7 says, um, for who makes you so superior? What do you have that you didn't receive? Now, remember that there were divisions in the church at um, Corinth, and so there are camps that are like boasting against each other, and so it's like, "What, what, what makes you so superior? What do you have that you didn't receive? If, in fact, you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? So why do you boast as if you didn't need any help to get what you have? We all need help. We all have received from God, so we're qualifying ownership by saying that one, whatever gifts and talents we have, we've received those. They we weren't just born with them. We had we they were given, given, gifted to us. The life that we live, it's not even our own life, um, because Christ died for us, and now we live for Him. And then, if we're living for Him, then our own bodies are not even our own. They're His. And yet, we are called to acknowledge as one's own, recognize that we have full claim, authority, power, and dominion. We're called to own where we are. Well, those verses don't necessarily say that, but we're going to look at what it means to be grown in this way. Grown people make contributions hmm Yes. Right. Grown people make contributions. right? I, I remember, it was a long time ago, living with my mom. My contribution may have been to do some chores. Bust the suds. That's washing dishes. Sweep the carpet. That was my, yeah, sweep. Yeah, we ain't had no vacuum. Sweep that joint, my brother. You, we go in. It's going to be clean. We ain't got no vacuum, but it's going to be clean. Sweep that carpet. Steps and all. Sweep it. Cut the grass. And I remember one time we did not even have a, a, a gas lawnmower, man. We had the little blade joints, man. And then the blade joints was rusted because my mom, man, and, uh, man, cut the grass. You'll figure it out. I mean, she didn't say that, but that was just like cut the grass. That's all she said. It's like, oh my God, no. Be out that joint all day long, figuring it out and doing it, right? That was probably, though, the extent of my contribution. That's not much at all, really. I mean, it's like that maybe that grass-cutting, no, nah, but even the grass-cutting, right, That that that's nothing. I remember I used to get mad with my stepfather because we'd be complaining. About, I, w- I wouldn't usually complain, but my brother would say something most of the time, and he'd say me, and then my stepfather would be like, man, what you complaining about, man, y'all kids? And I used to get offended, because I was a kid. <laughs> like, man, I can think something's messed up. But now that I'm grown, I understand. Life is just much different than what I thought it would be. Because all I was thinking about is, I get to do what I want to do. I'll be making money, not thinking I had to work for people, but I'll be <laughs> making money, right? I'll have a car, not thinking about insurance, but I'll have a car, right? I'll have a home, not thinking about everything that comes with home ownership, but I'll have, I'll have, I'll have, I'll have, have, because you only see part of it, right? You don't see everything, right? That's why we always say, we had a proverbial phrase, the grass is always green on the other side, right? Because you don't see everything that's on that side, you just see the good things, right? You see the good things, right? Yes, like payday loans, right? (laughs) <laughs> you only see, like, I need this money. I need this money. You don't see, man, they in that joint. Yeah, we give you this money, my brother. We're going to have you in our pockets for a long time. Mm-hmm. But when you're grown, you have to make contributions because it's more than what you saw when you weren't grown. There's responsibility and accountability that comes with being grown. And so in the church, there's also the need and the responsibility for those who are grown to make contributions. And right now, I'm not even, I'm not even talking about financial. I'm just talking about, I believe, this, based on what I know of the members of this church. Now, if you're an attender, I'm not talking about you. Because I may not know you as well. Now, I'm not trying to diss you, um, but from what I know of all of the members, there shouldn't be anyone who's a kid around here. There shouldn't be anyone who's not making any contribution at all. Now I'm gonna qualify this by saying saying this. Some people may have heard this story, but it was a long time ago, so you've been here for a long time if you heard the story. But my my grandfather's sister uh, was a woman, was a woman of God, and um, I think she was the first person saved in our family that, that I can remember in her generation. And then others started getting saved, and a lot of people got saved. And I remember the the last time we had a conversation, she was in the hospital, so I went to see her, and she saw me. She, you know, she saw me enter, and she's like, "Michael, how you doing, honey?" And I said, "Oh, I'm doing fine." Every, we called her nanny because she used to watch everybody's kids. Basically. I'm doing fine, Nanny. How are you doing? She was like, oh, honey, I'm doing good. She was like, you know, I can't, I can't. She, oh, no, she said, she said uh, are, you still, are you still ministering? I was like, oh, yeah, Nanny, I am. She was like, oh, that's, that's so good. She was like, you know what? She was like, I can't get around like I used to be able to get around. She said, but I pray for the young people because they can get around. And she was like, I may not be able to do everything that I used to be able to do, but I can pray, and I was like, Lord, I think now we would say, I said something different than that, but now we would say hashtag goals, right? We would say that. I was like, Lord, when I grow up, I want to be like that, that if I'm in a hospital bed, I don't see people. Now, I hadn't seen her for a while, but she's telling me that she's been praying for me even though she hasn't seen me. She doesn't know the contribution she's making to people who don't even know who she is because of whatever happens through me. She doesn't, un- she, she doesn't know all that. She doesn't care about all of that, but she's praying. She's still making her contribution. Right. She cannot, she used to, I remember, what, I think she, did she ended up playing at our wedding? So, so yeah, I mean, I, no, no distant to musicians, because um, I know our musicians and there's no way like this. But anyway, um, at our wedding, we, we, um, our, the person who was supposed to do the, uh, play the music just didn't show up for some reason. I don't remember why. And my my great aunt nanny, so she was like, "Ain't nobody, they not here." All right, and she just got on them keys. She played the "Here Comes the Bride" as my bride came down. She 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 did that. Just the un, no one asked her. Why? Why she took ownership? Right? She's oh, there's a void here. Like I'm not gonna keep looking around and see who's gonna do it because nobody's stepping up. I'm stepping up because. I can make this contribution right here. Now, we all may not be like Nanny. I can't play the keys. I get on that joint, to one, i my head. one. I learned, like, one little joint, like, when I was little. It's um, called, I think it's called Magic Man by Grover Washington. I just, I learned that little, that little groove, which is a nice groove, so I was so proud. I was like, man, I can learn everything, and I haven't learned anything else. Um, <laughs> nothing else. Yeah, nothing else. Not even London Bridge. Nothing else. So we all may not have the gifts that she has, but look at what it says in 1 Corinthians uh, 12. And it says it about us. It's to the Corinthians, but it's to us as well. It says now, verse 1, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. Uh, You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A a manifestation of the Spirit is given to most people, for the I'm testing y'all. Y'all ain't following along. That That's joint right up there, right? <laughs> A manifestation of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. So each individual has at least a, probably more than a, but based on what I see in people, probably more than a, but at least a manifestation of the spirit. For the common good, so it's not just. And see, this is where I think we get it. What restrains us is that we can think about these gifts and like what we do for the Lord as 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 like what's good for me. What's good for me? We're not thinking normally about the common good. We may not, and it it may be like you don't think you have a place for that. I'm telling you, there's a place for it. According to Scripture, it says. The common good, which means like everybody, it's here for us, not just for you, right? It's here for us so that we can thrive, not just so that you can thrive. How do you think about any gifts that you have? Are they yours to use for your own purposes and at your own convenience? Or are they ours? And when we see a need, we're like nanny. Oh, somebody not. I, hey, even today. Even today. We needed someone. Man, I don't know if we, if we, if we, if whether we needed it like that because we've had times where we had just one person on keys or one person on the strings. But we were blessed for the first time. What's what's this instrument right here? Electric, Electric guitar. We were blessed. For somebody to just step in that joint on an electric guitar, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know about you, but I heard that joint stand out a few times, but not, no, but, but, but not, but not no way to draw attention, just like little nice, little stuff, like even a little. Sometimes like, oh, I heard that right there, man. I heard, I mean, that little nuance. I hear that when hey, my brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? So okay, some now. <laughs> Oh, man, there's so many places to go with this, but, but, but <laughs> discipline is necessary. Help me, Lord. Um, <laughs> let me say this about success. This is like a little. Success happens when people prepare for opportunity. It happens when we prepare for opportunity. We may not even see the thing, but it's just like we want to be ready, like, if it's, when it's my turn, Lord, because eventually it's going to be your turn. Right? I'm not always going to be on this mic. It's going to be somebody else's turn. Mm-hmm. I wasn't always on the mic. My turn came. Right? If we don't prepare for the opportunities that we just could be, that, that could be, then when they come, and my, they will come. I'm telling you, they will come. They will come. And you know, and usually they come to those who prepare. And I think they u- usually come that way because God is orchestrating things. It's not just like opportunity is just coming, no. Opportunity is brought to you, right? So if you haven't prepared for what God is bringing to you, you won't be able to get on the point right there. You know what I'm saying? Right. I couldn't get on that. I couldn't get on that. I couldn't get on It's See, music, I can't do that. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right, that's right. That's not one of the manifestations of the Spirit that's come to me for the common good. It might be for my own, yeah, man, I'm grooving right now. In my earbuds, I'm grooving. No. But it's not for the common good, right? But a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of us for the common good. Grown people make a contribution. What has been your contribution? I understand we're coming out of a pandemic, I understand. So, like, some people may not even be at church, or some people may not have been able to come to, whatever, right? But even, okay, if you were here before then, what what has been your contribution? And then if you're making a contribution, (laughs) is it contributions that's just on your own terms? Just the things you want to do. That's not my gift. I already know if I'm not getting on that, not just because it's not my gift, but because it would just be catastrophic for what's supposed to happen, right? It's not, you're not going to be worshiping God if, if I do that. They're going to be like, man, why is he, why did he even get on there? We would be better off with just the, 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 the um, guitar or the keys, man, just let's do that. But if there is, if there is, we need to stack chairs, everybody can do that. If it's just, uh, last week I think my wife told me that um, two women noticed that there was, I think, was it, was it no toilet paper? It was, some, it was something like that, something like that. we need a toilet paper in some place. And then they, they didn't just tell her, like, hey, you know, we need a toilet paper. So, like, uh, tell Mike to get on that joint. So they, 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 didn't, they didn't do that. They, were, they, they weren't like, hey, man, there was no toilet paper. man." Who's doing that? They were like, there was no toilet paper. If that's something that's needed, we'd be willing to do that every Sunday morning to make sure that there's toilet paper. That's making a contribution. It's not just limited to that, but that's making a contribution. That's that's ownership, that if we see something that needs to be done, we're doing it. That's ownership. Why? Because it's ours. It's mine. Right? Do you think about your ownership in the church the way you think about your ownership of your home if you own a home? Or is it less? I'll let you and the Lord figure that one out. But that's a good question for for me to ask myself. It doesn't matter if you, I mean, I get, you know, paid by the church and all that, but that that doesn't mean that these type, I'm telling you, when I ask you a question, I'm asking myself a question as well. And some of my questions come in the moment, not something I wrote down or whatever. But, but we need to evaluate our contribution because grown people make contributions. Their presence means something. You know, The fact that they were there hopefully makes a contribution to the felt uh, to what was felt in an experience of gathering together it's interesting that jesus when he walked the earth he um you know there there's the the parable of the, of the talents well actually um and the parable was was mentioned so that people could see what it meant what what the kingdom of heaven was like and so he um You know, you already know the story. He gives talents to uh, three people um, and the two with the five and the three. They they you know, they get more than what they were given. And the one with the one just went and he hid his talent. Uh, We know that there were consequences for him. But in verse 26 of Matthew, 25 says this. His master replied to him, you evil, lazy servant. I don't think the Lord, I'm going to just pause right there. I don't think the Lord, I mean, we have to be very careful with how we process the Lord. The Lord is very gracious, but the Lord is also severe. When he chooses to do the other, that's up to him. So, I don't, so me, I'm just trying to look at it all and be like, Lord, you know what? I'm, I don't want to be the evil and lazy servant. I don't want to be him. He goes on to say, if you knew where I reap, if you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and I would have received my money back with interest when I return. So he had just, remember, he hid the talent, so nothing at all happened with the talent. Now, I'm not sure, I don't know what 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 God's going to do um, Exactly what that's going to look like, but I know that there will be accountability for how we choose chose to use what He's given us, and that's something that we cannot escape. So I'm saying that we should make sure that we embrace even and look at this. So, so and the Lord didn't look at, listen even in the judgment. He's like, um, "If you knew, if you knew this about me, if you knew that I that I reap where I haven't sown, and that." I gather where I haven't scattered. Then you could. He's he's even saying like, "Hey, look, you could have just like put it in the bank and you would have got interest." Like, there's a way to go about like what we're doing so that we don't have to like wear ourselves out, um, and we can still glorify God. So if you're so if you're like if you're a if you're a, a you know a, a new parents, um, if you're a new parents, especially like if you have like multiple little kids um, at one time, I understand how challenging. I, Understand by observation how challenging um, that can be. Um, But there are still things we can do, right? So this person, this servant chose to hide. The Lord said, hey, here's what you could have done. You could have made adjustments, right? But you didn't have to totally bury what I gave you. So be okay with having to make adjustments. You may not always be able to serve in the way that you used to serve, right? You may that, that may not be accessible to you, and that's fine. The Lord isn't looking for you to do the same thing all the time. You know, he's not looking for me to get on a court and dunk. I've never been able to do that. But he's not looking for me to, to do that because he knows if I get up and try to do that, then I might just get a cramp right quick and just be, like, sidelined for a while and not even able to come up here. He knows He knows how frail I am now, right? I know I don't look frail to you, but I compare myself to that 20, <laughs> and I'm frail. Um, adjustments can be made for the glory of God. You don't have to do the exact same thing, but you have to do something. You should be doing something. You should be calculating what adjustments you need to make so that you're prepared for the opportunity that's coming your way because opportunities will come. But if we're not prepared, we're going to think those opportunities are for other people, and when the Lord evaluates us, it may have been for us, but we just did not prepare so, man, what can we own? Because you're talking real broad right now, and I am talking broad on purpose. But, but what but what can we own? At this church, there are five things that we can own. What's the first one? Who's there loving one another? We're going to be at uh, one of them churches. No, we're not at the church. All right. <laughs> that's right, you with me, love one another, love one another, increase in the knowledge of God, connect with our community, serve and give, those are five things that we can do, and I'm just gonna tell you for the sake of time, I'm not gonna go through all of these in the same way, but I will say this about each one, I'm gonna say what it is, I'm gonna say how we can do it and how we shouldn't do it, so we need to love one one another, and we need to love provocatively, and not protectively protectively means that I'm just going to like be re- reactive I'm going to react to how you love me then I can free myself to love you yeah I'm 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 not going to I'm not going to love the way God loves me which even you could say for us if we were to embrace that puts us at some risk but also puts us in the hands of God which is the best place to be all the time. But it's easier said than done, right? <laughs> yeah, that's easier said than done. Yeah, I just want to be Yeah, easier said than done. Because God will, God will allow us to be in places where we could be hurt. His purposes may be bigger than what I, than what my little mind can fathom. And so, when it comes to loving other people, then I may, be, I may think about how maybe I shouldn't have loved those people. Get the wisdom from your experience, but at the same time, we are called to love provocatively, not protectively. We're, we're called to love in a way that draws other people into what we have going on. So, uh, you'll find this in Hebrews 10. Uh, 24 and 25 it says let us you know this one let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching our love should be provocative our love should make people evaluate their own love let us outdo each other in loving each other let us See things, think about them and say, you know what, I can love by doing this. And then actually doing that. Right? Not just not just thinking about it, but actually executing it. A lot of good ideas happen, man. But if it doesn't happen outside the brain, then it hasn't happened. Yeah. If it doesn't get out of there into life, it's just daydreaming. And we need to do more than daydream, right? See? She, she agrees. That's right. <laughs> Little James Brown. <laughs> so we're to love one another. We're supposed to do that. We should do that proactively or, or, or provocatively and not protectively, not, to, not in a guarded way. Now, understand, like, we all, we're all in different places. But I'm going to say this. If we love toward God, if our love is for God, oh, my goodness, if our love is for God, and not for ourselves. Now, we can love people sometimes and do things for people at times where we are expected to, to elicit a response from them. So I know I've done stuff for people, just like random people, just like maybe held the door or, you know, did something. And they don't say thank you. I'm from where you at least say thank you. So it's like, man, hey, man. Or, or if I speak, then you at least speak back. Hey, what's going on, man? Hear nothing. I'll be like, hey, man, I'm good. You good, man, I'm good. I just will talk to myself if I do. I try to. That's like laying on a horn, though. That, that's not really helpful, man. You, don't do that. Don't follow me in that. I don't do that all the time, but that's not good if, when I do it. Or if I think about doing this. Like, but it's like, okay, am I speaking because I'm trying to just like, share some goodness? Or am I speaking so that someone can affirm my goodness by their response? Right. See that? That's not that if you if you're loving, and that that's not real love. No, no, that's not what Mary J is looking for. Me. <laughs> yeah, that's not what that real love. That's not that real love right there. Mm-mm. The real love is just you know what? It's sacrificial for us. It's it's First Corinthians 13, right? That's that's what it looks like. And I know for myself, I have to constantly evaluate what my love looks like because. I, I just need the Lord. That's how I always need the Lord. <laughs> but, gro- but owning and being grown in love is provocative and it's proactive. It's not protective. We need to increase in the knowledge of God. And I would say this, and I'm, I'm not going to read the passage. I'm just going to, we can put it on the screen, but, but, but this is something for you to reflect on, Psalm 19, uh, 7 through 11. Uh, we need to increase in the knowledge of God, and we need to do it this way. we need to increase universally and not situationally. What do I mean by that? Thanks for asking. What I mean by that <laughs> is that oftentimes we press into God for the things we know we need, whatever the situation calls for. I'm sick right now, this person's sick but we don't press into him. The same way, just all the time, because of who he is, I understand that that can be there can be a level of uh a lack of ability to sustain that, but we need to give more attention to engaging with God in the same way as when we needed him. I remember one brother asked uh, a question about like meditating on the word of God, and uh you know I don't know what the, the question was about God's word, and it was about. Like, like about meditation, I don't remember the, the exact question, but I remember me answering him uh, maybe he was saying, "What does it look like?" And so then what I shared with him was what my uh, sermon prep regimen can be. And that is, you have a passage, you read it, you read that joint to death. You think about it, you think about it, you read it, <laughs> you think about it, and you just keep doing that, right? That's all that's I mean. There are other things you do for sermon prep, but that's, that's, for his question, that was, do I do that all the time? When I told him that, that was my question for me. And I was like, you know what, no, I don't do that all the time. Why do I do it then? Oh, I'm preparing for a sermon. Hmm. So I don't know how you, how you uh, do, but I do want to read this to you. This is, my, this is a very familiar passage of, of Scripture. I think it, it, it points to, to our need, and I think it will help us to live, um, to, to, to increase in the knowledge of God universally and not just situationally, and it's going to be a surprising passage, and it is not my own. I read this from someone whose name I'll tell you uh, next week because I don't remember who, who, who it is right now. But um, in, in Matthew 11... Verses 28 through 30, which we all have, are familiar with on some level. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay? So the invitation for those who are weary and burdened to come for rest is to people. Right? People can come and receive that. And that seems like it's to people who, you know, that's a good passage that people have used even evangelistically. Verse 29, though, was where my man, whoever he was, <laughs> got me. He says, take my yoke and learn from me. He Describes himself as humble, lowly and humble, and the, the consequence or the result is that you will find rest for your souls. If we don't take his yoke, take, take is an action verb, right? I mean, come is as well. But take is more, is more aggressive. Take is more like, hey, I'm about to, I'm about to do this, right? Um, he says, take his yoke. What's his yoke? Right? What 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 what's, what's, what what do we think his yoke could be? If we how do we take his yoke and learn from him? This is the thing about this. It's it's not new stuff. It's just true stuff, right? You take his yoke. You 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 take his yoke and learn from you by like reading your Bible, right? It's not like rocket science. That's how you take his yoke on you and learn from him, from his word. That's what you. That's like the. That's not a trick question, right? By praying. Also not a trick. Not a trick. Fasting. I don't fast enough, but fasting. Solitude. All of those spiritual disciplines, I believe that's how we take his yoke and learn from him. Some of us tired of learning. <laughs> right? Some people are tired of reading God's word. They wanted to work like this. Some people are tired of praying. He didn't ask, answer this way. Some people are not fasting because they don't even see, like, the result. But when we're thinking universally, then we do those things because that's what Jesus does. Right? It's not situationally. It's not so I can get something. It's so that I can be something. Some of us are too worried about what we want to get and not worried enough about who we need to be. May the Lord help us. To be more concerned about who we are to be, because then we'll, we'll get to where we need, what we need to get. But we need to take his yoke, take up his yoke and learn from him. Jesus needs to be the model for us, not Pastor Mike, not whoever your favorite, not the person who wrote the, the joint I'm talking about that I can't remember his name. See, that's what's going to happen we won't forget Jesus, though, hopefully. But we'll only, we'll only own the way we should if we do so universally and not just situationally. We need to stop being situational takers and learn how to take up his yoke and learn from him consistently so that he can shape us and mold us into who we need to be so that my goals of being like my, my great aunt those will be accessible to me because I've taken up Jesus' yoke and I've learned from him. So I can learn how to give my contribution even if I'm confined to a bed because that's what she was doing at the time. But the value of the word you'll find at one of the places you'll find it is at Psalm 19, 7 through 11. You'll find it also throughout the entirety of Psalm 119. Um, connecting with our community we must do so consistently and not, not just conveniently. Um, if, if you look at what the church looked like in the early church, again, I'm just going to leave it a reference. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 gives a snapshot of what the church looked like. Um, they were f- listening to the word. They were fellowshipping. They were breaking bread. They were praying. They were doing all of these things. And, and they had a rapport even among people who weren't even of the church. I believe churches are supposed to be that way. We have reputation. The church is going to have a reputation whether we like it or not. I don't think the church's reputation, at least in the uh, evangelical circles, is is from what I see. Okay, I understand my life, my world is limited. But from what I see, there's so much turmoil, relational turmoil, that it just doesn't look, it's not a good look. And you're going to have to contend with that regardless of who you are, because the church is the church to people who don't know this church, right? That church is just a church. But we must connect with our community, one, to even begin to, like, begin to come against those caricatures and to show what Christ is, is, really, is really about. So we need to do that. We need to serve. Uh, obviously, Mark uh, 10, 45 talks about how in God's kingdom, greatness, if anyone is looking how to access Greatness, the way you access greatness is by serving. Yes, in God's, we're not talking about the United States or some other country. We're talking about in God's kingdom. Yeah. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He had just said that, that, that in, in his economy, I'll just read it. Um, in whoever wants to be first among you, he says to his disciples, will be a slave to all. Will be a slave to all. I know we have our baggage when it comes to the use of the word slavery. I would imagine as some do. But Jesus says here that if whoever wants to be first among you will be slave to all. And the model for that is himself. That's why he says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we should serve urgently and not hesitantly. We shouldn't just, I remember when when I first came to this church, um, this church, Solid Rock. Uh, the pastor at the time was Mickey Connolly. The pastor after him was Michael Black. That's Michael Black hired me. Anytime the brothers would say, hey, I need, all, all they had to do was say, I need. I'm That's what it looked like anyway. I need, man, folks would be just getting out of their seats already, raising their hands already. It's like, man, they don't even know what's, what's coming. It could be like, I need somebody to go move that dirt from out in front of the little uh, drain thing so it won't clog up again. So it could be that, and it's like, I don't want to do that. I'm not dressed for that. or you know, it, it could be anything, but people didn't care. It was like if it needed to be done, it was urgent enough to put my hand up or to get out of my chair. So we have to serve. We should serve urgently. That's part of the DNA of this church. That's part of the DNA. And it's a part of the DNA, that, to be honest, that could use um, a little bit more uh, uh, participation in, in my opinion. Um, so don't laugh. Uh, so, so <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Urgently, not hesitantly. I understand we, we are all busy. I, I think I would imagine that I'm, that I'm a very busy person compared to most people. Um, but when I remember this, what Jesus says, then it will make me delay something and just believe like this is just how I live. I'm here for this opportunity right here. So if this person is just, you know, broken down and I need to listen to them, but I really need to be at such and such, there are times where I won't be at such and such because I need to serve and I need to do it urgently. Or I don't know how many times i picked up the trash around this joint. Just wonder why people got to throw trash all on the, out of their car, whatever, how, why is it getting, even getting here? And then just remembered, this is not just to clean up the church property. Like, this is for the Lord. This is a way that I can serve. It's not fun. I'm not like, yeah, man, I'm trying to do this. No, it's not like I'm getting excited about it. It's not like I was for the back-to-school blast, like, hey, man, we about to do this. No, it's different. But but if it's needed, though, right, and I'm there and I'm able-bodied, let's Let's serve urgently and not hesitantly, and let's give, give, that's the last one, let's give generously and not grudgingly, you probably already know that Second Corinthians 9, 6, and 7 talks about that, I won't read it, but you, but you probably, you know that, right, we're to give with generous hearts, and I, I will say this, um, people may, you know, need to grow in serving, but people have been growing in giving, and we're very grateful for that, we're very grateful, We're very grateful because we haven't done sermon series on giving. I don't remember doing sermon. I I don't even remember the, now they may have done it. They may have done it before I was here or my memory is, my memory's usually good with this though. I don't remember sermon series about giving since I've been in this church. That's a testament to the generosity of people who come. It is. And so thank you very much. So what does ownership look like? So I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to give you homework for the sake of time. The homework is this. Look at the Lord's Prayer and look at it not as a prayer but as an invitation to a lifestyle. A lifestyle that says, um, that says, that first sees God as your father that then is consumed with honoring his name as holy. Then it's consumed with being a vehicle through which his kingdom comes here on this earth. Then being confident that God will provide for you what you need. That's some of that being preparing for the opportunity, right? He's going to provide opportunities for, for whatever you invest in, in yourself. I am confident that the Lord will bring opportunities to you to reflect them in those areas. He'll bring more to you, but he'll at least bring those to you. We need to embrace being forgivers, right? Because in that prayer, we pray that he will forgive us, right? As we forgive those who sin against us. And we need to make sure that we are not bringing ourselves into temptation by making provision for the flesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, we need to think universally about what it means to be a child of God. That will take care of ownership all the way across the board. If we say, oh, we're not just praying for these things, but we are embodying what this prayer is about. We're seeing God as our father. We are revering him as holy. We know we're the, an avenue through which God makes himself known in the earth. We understand that he's going to provide opportunity for us um, to, to help other people um, with their daily bread, and that he's going to give us the things that we need as well, and that we're going to do something that is very contrary to cancel culture, and that is to forgive. There may be consequences for the actions of others, but Unforgiveness is not one of the consequences that we should embrace or impose on others because we have been forgiven by God. So uh, an awareness of how much God has forgiven us will cause us to forgive other people. So that's how we are to own. And then in the how we're to own, we just go back to like we're going to take his yoke and learn from him. And we're going to keep doing that over and over and over again and see what the result is going to be. See that the result hopefully for us is that when we stand before him. Without a shadow of a doubt in our mind, even though there may have been some level of inconsistency in our lives, that we know that because we're in Christ and because we know we have been changed by him, because we know we have lived for him. That we, when it's time for us to stand before him as those uh, three uh, individuals that had the talents, that we will stand before him and we will not be ashamed of what, what we've done. We will not be called a wicked and lazy, or evil and lazy servant. But we've done all we could to be useful and fruitful here on this earth so that he will be glorified through us. That can look like moving chairs. That can look like serving in children's ministry. It can look like helping with the back-to-school blast. It can look like helping someone with their children. It can look like providing babysitters for um, um, people with children that need to, like, you know, they want to do a date night or whatever. It can look like all kinds of stuff, right? Because if giving a cup of water to someone who's thirsty can be something that God affirms as good or giving clothes to someone who's naked, those are neutral things, right? Any, anyone can do that, right? But when God's people do it, it's, it's more than just giving them a cup of water. It's more than just providing clothes. When we serve, when we take ownership, when we say, you know what, this place is mine. Yeah, you need somebody to hit the, make sure there's toilet paper? We'll do it. No problem. That, that's for the Lord. That's not for me, right? And so in our life, holistically, universally, may we own the opportunity. Now, if anyone is thinking, thinking, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you are thinking about leading a core group, that's an opportunity to serve. The sound team is an opportunity to, opportunity to serve. I have many programs, including tutoring and mentoring, that are opportunities to serve. There are opportunities to serve here. If you don't know what they are, you can come and see me or you can you can call me at 301 psych. Um, <laughs> but if you have my number, you can call me or you can text me. You can email me at Mike at SolidRockchurch.net, the whole world can know that. Um, and 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 ask me whatever you want to ask me in terms of that. But we are looking to make sure. That everyone is making a, making a contribution, and that we're making the contributions for the right reasons, for the right reasons. That's what's most important to us. So I I I I, I know this was a lot, um, and I, I pray that something sticks with you. Um, I pray most of all that that even if you can't, even if you just remember one remember one thing that it that remember when I was talking about you know thoughts that stay in the mind like remember some kind of way there needs to be a manifestation in like what we do. Right? So we need to see people coming and asking, oh, this is, where, what, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? I'm willing to do it. That, that's what we need, and that's what we're looking for. That will be a sign of being grown because you're trying to make your contribution. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be co-laborers with you. We thank you for saving us and allowing us to be individuals who can be conduits of your grace and mercy in this world. We ask you that you would help us to take our place in a way that blesses you and for the right reasons. That's a reflection of our being in you, not our trying to prove anything to someone, not our trying to prove that we're grown, but Lord, work on our hearts so that our actions would glorify you. Father, I pray that um, a lot has been said. Lord, I just pray that that which would motivate each would be what resonates in the mind so that the body can follow. Lord, I pray that we would remember that the reason that we're not our own is because Jesus laid his life down for us and that that's why we're not our own anymore because he paid the price for us. I pray that you would help us, that that reality would motivate us and infuse us with your spirit to do that which you call us to do and to make the contribution that you call us to make. Lord, we ask you this in Jesus' name, and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Before we, uh, where's, okay. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, and take communion. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 says, uh, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own. And then it goes on in verse 20 to say, for you were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. We know the price that we were born, that we were bought with, was that of the life of Jesus Christ himself. That he exposed his body to the humiliation and the punishment of the cross as an expression of God's punishment of sin for us. Scripture lets us know that he was aware that he was bringing many sons, many children to glory in the cross. In light of what we know of Jesus, and in light of our faith in him as people who are living for him, let us take the wafer which represents his body and eat at this time. And let us take the juice which represents the blood that was shed for us. Throughout the Bible, it is known, even from the very first book in Genesis, that when there's sin, blood, for whatever mysterious reason, it has to be shed. A sacrifice has to be made. The final sacrifice to please God was in the form of his son, Jesus. Those of us who have trusted in him, we celebrate him. And so we do so now and remember what he's done by drinking this juice which represents his blood shed for us. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son. We thank you that we are aware that you did not have to send him We are aware that you would be doing fine without us. We would not be doing fine without you, though. So we're very, very appreciative of your sacrifice on our behalf through your son. And we ask you, we ask you that you would help us to evermore live in light of and in awareness of that sacrifice. Your love for us. May we love in unprotected fashion because you did. May we be aware of you, that we may live for you and honor you and worship you in all we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, Lord, please be glorified through the words of these songs as we stand and sing now. Amen.